Welcome to VP's Pod. I'm sitting here with my buddy Ryan Newman, who has been on before previously through some ex- extremely uh, incredible audio. You guys probably heard about half of the last one. <laughs> We've uh, since upgraded our audio quite a bit, so if I don't get in our way, you should be able to hear this one much better. So I'm sitting here today with Newman. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate having a mic this time. That's, that's very <laughs> nice of you. It's very big of you to Did give me one of these. Did you share a mic last time? No, you just picked me up. <laughs> across the room from your mic so. we didn't even that's what it was we yeah. didn't even have i had mics and everything hooked up yeah but then through some operating uh, issues that of course were my fault we ended up just recording through the one microphone inside my macbook yes it was super convenient i was super nervous uh, the whole time about the mic i was wearing the headset and it wasn't even on so i got that going for me that basically sums up hanging out with me every time. You're like, ah, this is going to be really, really hard. And it's like, no, don't worry. Nothing's working. Nah, forget it. Just wing it. It'll be fine. So we're hanging out today, just catching up. And we've decided that we each have a dad joke we'd like to share. Yes. Because you're an incredible dad joke teller. <laughs> Absolutely. You dropped three without me even asking. So I figured we'd get one on recording. Yes. So you go first. <clears throat> and now, a poem from Ryan Newman. <clears throat> I dig, you dig, he digs, she digs, we dig, they dig. It's, it's not very long and it's not very good, but it is deep. That's it? Come on, you don't get it? Oh. <laughs> of course I get it. Yeah, yes, that's it. That's the point. You just got so serious on me. I was like, I was in the poetry, man. Okay. See? I was super, it's I've deep. never seen you go that deep. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> okay, here's mine. Yes. Is Google a man or a woman? Oh. What do you think? <laughs> it's a woman because she doesn't let you finish your sentence without making a suggestion. <laughs> Which, of course, is not true about any women in my life. That's just a joke, of course. And I don't actually find that funny for the record. That's not funny at all. Not in the you book. guys should not take enjoyment out of that whatsoever. Really, this has been a lesson on how not to enjoy humor by Ryan and Connor. Yeah, we, we're the worst. Yeah, we're not going to let you enjoy that. No. Let's start this day out by talking about how you came in trying to troll me, and I didn't even uh. pick up on it. <laughs> what, what did you do, Newman? So the last time I came in, if you, if you guys remember... Uh, I sent Connor a text asking him if he wanted me to pick him up any coffee from the local gas station um, <laughs> since he runs the, the illustrious Beats and Bones uh, coffee shop here, in, in, uh, or Upshot Coffee here in, here in Cottleville. So this time I thought I'd be super clever, and I went to that said gas station, and I walked in, didn't even need gas this time, I just parked, walked in, grabbed a coffee cup, and walked out. Um, so it wasn't even an old coffee cup that no, you threw out the coffee? No, nope. I just walked in and grabbed one because I thought it would be hilarious. <laughs> and I hid it under my jacket, and I walked in here, uh, went up to... QT, we've since paid for you if you're listening. <laughs> I walked in here, uh, went up to the, the counter, and I was like, hey, man, look, I'm obviously going to get a cup of coffee, but I need you to put it in this cup specifically so I can screw with Connor. And he was like, oh, man, Connor's going to love this. This is hilarious. <laughs> And so I came in here into the, into the studio here, uh, slash conference room, and we sat in here, uh, and I, I don't know, I stood probably, what, two feet away from you and, and talked to you oh, yeah, yeah. for a solid, what, 10 minutes? Holding and the cup. Holding the cup, drinking said cup of coffee, yeah. in which you mentioned it and noticed it zero times. Yeah, I had no idea until you said, did, did, 
did you even notice that I'm drinking QT coffee here? And I was like, no, I didn't. But I did notice that you bought a green juice and you were drinking that. And I was very happy about that. I put more thought <laughs> and effort into that joke than I'd like to admit. So you were trying to troll me. So hard. And through my not noticing anything, <laughs> I effectively trolled you back. Yes. Horribly. <laughs> you totally neutralized me, took the wind clean out of my sails. Yeah. Welcome to uh, welcome to Upshot Coffee. <laughs> if you guys will Instagram it later, but he's got this incredible large QT coffee cup that he's drinking a Upshot batch brew out of. Correct. So he's drinking good coffee. That's right. Yes. It's uh, the cup could leave something to be desired. You know that brings me to the next thing. If I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about all the money that these gas stations have to design their cups <laughs> and their logos and their merchandise and the amount of just ungodly millions of dollars they make a year versus someone like me who's like, you know, saving nickels and dimes <laughs> and using white cups that we hand stamp. <laughs> How does that the cup that you design? Uh, Can someone explain that to me? You know, somebody in the late 90s was like, hey, here's the cup. How is that the and cup you design I, when you're when you're a gas station of that size that sells that much coffee? I, don't, I have no clue. But they're like one of the few that actually designs their own cup. Them and Casey's. Everybody else uses whatever brand of coffee they sell. You know, it's and, like. And how do you have this inside information? I drink a lot of gas station coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and Casey's and QT are your best go-to. They're yeah. Wait, per- wait. Who's got the best gas station coffee out of all your gas station purchases consistently? Oh, it's got to be QT. QT? Yeah. Oh, for Which sure. Which roast? Uh, well, so I've started mixing roasts now to kind of mix it up. Um, the Nicar- You're blending their blends? The Nicaraguan, if you mix that one with the uh, their classic standard original, is pretty good. Dude, yeah. we got to get you involved in our roasting program here. <laughs> I think this may be a non-tent potential that you have that we have not quite put you in the right mold ro- ro- role yet. Oh my, that was a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) So what's been happening with you since the last time we met? The last time we met was what, like three weeks ago? Yes, it was uh, Thursday, January 30th. And I remember that because as I was driving home from the podcast, I got a frantic phone call like, uh, hey, um, I I know the doctor said we had at least another week, maybe two, but you might want to come home now because I believe uh, our little girl's on her way. So I... Uh, ran home from Cottleville to you Union. Ran. Well, I drove. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I drove home, and uh, sure enough, I hurriedly packed a bag, and we went up to the hospital. And the next morning, on the 31st of January, we had our little girl. So I've been at home for the last few weeks, uh, hanging out with the family and losing sleep and getting So what does that on. look like for a new dad? Uh, well, this is the first time I've done you it. You got paternity yeah. leave, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're on paternity leave, and she's on maternity leave. Yep. So it's like the four of you just sitting around the house staring at each other. Yep. Essentially, a lot of cabin fever. Um, making any excuse, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go turn the lawnmower on again just to make sure everything's working right. You know, whatever I can do to get out of the house. Bought a new minutes. car to go work on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bought the neighbor's junker out of his yard. <laughs> um, it's it's good. It's, uh, I spend a lot of time on the couch just holding the baby, uh, letting mom go do whatever she wants to do in between feedings. What does mom want to do between feedings? Take a shower. Um, between each feeding? Pretty much. Uh, so, you know, mom, uh, if she wants to get up and, and shower or 
she'll throw a load of laundry in or um, Jude is missing his mom time, so she'll take some time with him. Um, I've been doing a lot of wrestling. Uh, you know, the toddler. spirituality. Well, that. And, uh, yeah, our two-year-old loves to wrestle, so I've been doing a lot of that. It's, been, it's actually amazing. Uh, my face has healed a lot. He's a, a scratcher. Ooh. Yeah, it's rough. So I have hunks of flesh missing out of my face. Is that what's actually happening or is that your story? We're going to go with that. (laughs) Yeah. For legality purposes and (laughs) statutes of limitations, we're going to go with that. I've always wondered this because I never had paternity leave and neither did my wife. We just were small business owners. So it was like, you know, she would have the kid. We'd be in the hospital for four days. After four days, because we had C-section, you know, she had a Mm C-section. I. You watched. Observed the whole yeah. thing and was deeply disturbed by the entire process. Sure. So I felt like it probably affected me more than her, in all honesty. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so we would be in the hospital for that four days. And I'd just be sleeping on the little couch or whatever. And then we would get home and I'd just immediately go back to work and go right back to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with our first... No, you know, she was a stay-at-home mom up until they all went to school. So she didn't have to go anywhere. Oftentimes her mom would come mm-hmm. and stay with us for like two or three weeks and just, I guess, be the dad. You know, she helped out. She did everything. So right. she was essentially playing your role so I could go to work. And that was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I've always wondered, like, with this new trend of <clears throat> people having months of paternity leave and maternity leave, mm-hmm. how useful is that? It's, I think I would kill myself. Um, so I've broken it up. Like, I've gone back to work this week, so I've cut it in half. Um, it is nice to it's nice to get out of the house. Uh, it's also nice to go back home. You're like, oh. Like, about midday, I'm like, oh, man, I, I kind of miss being at home now. Uh, but it was nice. Like, <laughs> I definitely got caught up on my expense reports. Uh, I got caught up on all my homework because I've, you know, well overextended myself again. So um, I was behind on a ton of stuff, and this has been a nice way to... <laughs> So you use your paternity leave to catch up on your work? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I've done. Now, that that makes sense. Yeah. My wife's like, I thought you were off of work. And I'm like, yeah, well, technically I am, but technically I'm not at the same time. So, <laughs> Listen, you're showering. I'm doing homework. Yeah. Okay, we both got things to do. <laughs> these, these things got to happen, right? So, yeah, it's been nice. Um, getting to hang out at home has been great. It's really been, I mean, when else do you get a chance to spend three weeks in a row at home? Is that what you like to do? I mean, if given the opportunity, you kidding really? me? I mean, the, the, the conversation did happen uh, last week where I said, you know, all those times that I joked about being the stay-at-home dad? <laughs> I've retracted that. I've re- I retract that statement. <laughs> yeah, you're way better at this than I am. I can't do this. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, no. To me, four days of just sitting there not being able to go work or have any mm-hmm. freedom and just being in the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that I would change any of it cause I loved those four days, but four days was plenty. Yeah. I could not wait to get back to work and just get in schedule. Cause mm-hmm. I think for me, it was a, a matter of just staying in rhythm, not getting too far behind, getting to see people and be my day to day. Cause yeah, I get, I guess if you absolutely hated your job, being off for three weeks would be a blessing. Right or a month or two months, whatever mm-hmm. it is these days that people get. Uh, but I didn't hate my job. So I was like, I don't really want to sit here and, you know, clean the bathrooms for the third day in a row. Mm-hmm. If I can, you know, yeah, 
go do what it is that I'm passionate about right. and then be able to come home at night and be with my family and do right. all that stuff. But for me, nighttime was enough time. No, that's fair. And I think... So the, and I would say I would say that my wife probably would agree that nighttime was enough, <laughs> was enough time for, for me to be yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why she was... Uh, my wife's encouraging me to go back to work this week, too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I know you got caught up on a lot of stuff, but I'm worried you're going to get behind if you don't hurry up and go back. Yeah, she's like, oh, I saw your numbers over your shoulder. You should probably think about going back to work. <laughs> Wait. I'm not your that daughter bad. is going to play a lot of club sports, Newman, and it's time that we start preparing for it. <laughs> I need a bigger bonus this month, so you need to go back to work. So what else has been going on? You scared of this coronavirus? Uh, You're in the medical field. I am. Is I this biohacking that the government planted to destroy <laughs> the Chinese economy? Uh, pff, did the government plant it, or did the Chinese government accidentally release it from their bio lab in Wuhan? Was it planted accidentally by a government or on purpose by a government i don't know i doubt it it's just a virus i mean there's there's so many variations of the coronavirus that it's just a tell virus. me about these variations of the coronavirus. i don't know the, in healthcare. I, don't, I don't know all the variations i'm not in that form of health care come on dude i don't know all the very it's it's just like you know how we have different forms of the flu it's the same thing. There's a bunch of different forms of the coronavirus. There's a bunch of coronaviruses. This one is just novel. We've just never seen it before, so that's why it's... Is your company coming up with a drug to combat the no. coronavirus? I don't think so. We don't do vaccines, so no. You do diabetes drugs. We do... We do... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, shoot. I'm going to get fired. Uh, <laughs> Hormones is the word I'm looking for. So insulin, um, uh, GLP-1, which is an incretin hormone that you secrete after you eat, stuff like that. So yes, we don't do vaccines or anything like that. So I have no stake in this game, but uh, I'm not, I mean, it's just like, it's just a, a novel form of essentially the flu, I, I'm thinking, but just a little more. I know nothing. I just read a couple of conspiracy theories and decided I was going to Oh, come on. <laughs> So you got on Eddie Bravo's website. Now all of a sudden you're... No, I've never been on Eddie Bravo's oh, okay. website. Yeah. My little mind works mysterious. I'm like, all right, so let me get this straight. If a government were to plant this virus on another country that we were in a trade war with that was also threatening our world power and we could cripple their economy, I'm not saying I'd do it if I was a president, but I would certainly be like, that's an interesting way to go about bringing that country to its knees at a convenient time. Or it could just be a random virus. But if you bring that country to its knees, eight, mm, oh boy, I'm bad at math, six months, eight months before an election, and you're so heavily intertwined with that country's economy, your, your, your two inter economies are so intertwined that it would bring essentially bring your economy to its knees as well. Evil genius. That would, that would assuredly... And, and anytime your economy goes to your, its knees, the, the, head of that, the head of the government gets blamed for it. So that would assuredly like, guarantee you losing the election, right? So why would, why would that government then do that? It's just a virus, man. It's just a virus. It's just a virus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. It's just a virus. We'll go with that. Yeah. I believe you. You're the healthcare export. Oh, gosh. I just make Don't juice. Don't do that. <laughs> I just make juice. <laughs> How's the older brother responding to the, uh, the little sister? Oh, it was a weak... When we brought him home, he, we brought her home. Uh, so we came, 
came in the house and sat down like right at the time that he was waking up from his nap. And I think like him getting up from his nap and not expecting to one, see us at home and two, not expecting to see us at home with her, uh, was a rough wake up. And it was like a three hour tantrum, (laughs) just like throwing himself on the ground, crying and screaming and throwing toys. Like why is mom holding her? The second you walked in the door, it changed that quickly. Yeah. And it was a week of like acting out and throwing things and throwing himself and screaming and, and, and now, um, now that kid is all about his baby sister. He is like anywhere she is, he's got to be, he's got to be standing over. He wants to see sister. He wants to hug her and kiss her and hold her and cuddle and, and it's fine and it's cute, but it's like, dude. I swear if you sneeze in her face one more time, I'm going to throw you so far. <laughs> Which brings, that actually reminds me, we got a uh, foster dog, our second one. We got rid of the first one. I said, let's take a break until after uh, spring break when we get back to Florida. And then my wife immediately got a dachshund because there was sense. 14 of them. And oh, his name is Ernie, and we call him Big Ern. Naturally. And this dog is hilarious. Yeah. So this dog came with gum disease and an ear infection. <laughs> along with skin disease and a bunch of, like, the way I understand it, these 14 dogs were just, like, in this abandoned house, like, where the the chick was a hoarder, and so they're all, like, Ernie's got one tooth that sticks up because they all fell out from, like, not being taken care of. He's got bald spots, and, dude, the dog's hilarious. So, like, the first week, he did nothing but sleep. Like, we would bring him out. He would, you know, eat something maybe and then go right back in his crate. He wasn't even drinking water for the first three days. Okay, so like day three, he finally started drinking water, which was good. And then that's a good start. He's been eating all of his food. We've been giving him all his treatments for his ears and everything. And so he's getting a lot better, but we're starting to see his real personality. It's been like, I don't know, a week or so. And he's starting to feel a lot better. So we're seeing him run around the house and like, you know, he's starting to do funny things. But the best thing is what reminded me of when you said this is whenever you put the ear stuff, in his ears, like the liquid that's supposed to help his ear infections, it makes him sneeze for like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> so, so you're solving one problem, but then the rest of wherever he's standing has Ernie sneeze juice all over oh, it. Oh, gross. <laughs> he will sneeze a hundred times in 10 minutes. So I think we're going to have to start giving him the eardrops and then just chain him to a tree outside, letting him get the sneezing <laughs> out of him. My wife believes he's got allergies, so now she's got him on Benadryl, which I'm pretty sure we're paying for not the uh the stray rescue which i'm okay with how do you, you know, i'm a generous guy. how do you scale that benadryl to like a six pound wiener dog you, well you'll have to ask her <laughs> i don't give him any medicine i just give him the benadryl and he sleeps for three I days like, I, take, I just like make him stand on top of a basketball and take a picture and then let my mind run wild with how he could have been an nba athlete like that's what i do with the stray <laughs> dogs i don't actually take care of them that's fair i'm just like bigger and hilarious he can't do stairs because his no. legs are three inches right and he's still three feet long. So they'll run up the stairs. They can't figure out how to get back down. The dog's hilarious, dude. It's awesome. He is killing me. But he sneezes for 10 minutes straight when you put the stuff in his ears. Is there is it like a reflex they have? or No idea. We should probably ask a vet. I don't know. But he's got a big nose, too. So yeah. I'm not really sure what's in there. <laughs> he's got a big, long nose. And I think it's been broken multiple times because it's kind of got like a little tilt to it. Aw, Poor guy. I have no idea what he's hiding in there, but I feel like I need to fumigate my entire house now. Yeah, there's probably some mold and all sorts of stuff up in there. So how close would you say that my dog Ernie is to your son? Like, size-wise? No. Oh. 
disgustingness with the way he sneezes. Oh, parody. Just, Just on par. Right on par? Oh, yeah. So once he became her protector, what mm-hmm. was that dynamic like in the house now? Does he want to go take naps? Is he finding no. naps now and no, want to no, hang no. out with her? No, he's so he is um the he, the kid's a sleeper. He holds his sleep sacred. So when it's like when it's um when it's like twelve thirty one, some like in the afternoon, you tell him, Hey buddy, you're ready to go take a nap, he'll look up at you and he'll say, Two minutes. You're like, all right, whatever, man. Go do your, go do your thing, and then you can wait like 20 seconds. You're like, all right, dude, it's two minutes. You're like, okay, and he'll put down, <laughs> you put down whatever he's doing, and he'll he'll drop it right there. He'll go give mom a hug and kiss goodnight, and he'll go run upstairs, and get ready for bed. Like he I mean, loves it, huh? he loves it. Dude, isn't that hilarious? Yeah. Were you like that as a kid? I don't remember. No, your mom never <laughs> talks about it. Uh, I don't know actually. Now that you mention it, that's a good question. Because. Oliver's always been like that. So we've got Connor Lane, we've got Oliver. Mm-hmm. And they both are good sleepers. Yeah. But Connor Lane doesn't really want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Once he's asleep, he's fine. Yeah. But he'll fight you a little bit because he wants to be up doing other things. Oliver is the kid that, like, on Friday night when me and Stacey are trying to watch a movie, and he likes to go to bed about 9 o'clock because mm-hmm. he likes to stay on schedule. Mm-hmm. We'll be watching a movie. It's like, you know, 8.55, and he'll walk out of his room or, you know, their game room or whatever, and he'll... He holding his blanket and his pillow, <laughs> and he'll look at mom and go, "Can I go to bed now?" And we're like, "Of course." Dude, He's like, yeah. "Will you come tuck me in?" And she's like, "Yeah." So we have to like pause the movie and go put the kid to bed at 9 p.m. on a Friday night because he cannot bear making it till 9:30 without laying down. <laughs> and the other one is like, you know, he's starting to have friends stay over. He's 14, and it's like, all right, here's the deal: please be in bed by 2 a.m. <laughs> Because oh, you know, you're driving me crazy. Right. And I'm going to wake you up at 8 a.m. and you're right. going to be crabby. I'm yep. not letting you sleep till 2 p.m. Nope, because then it's going to screw you up even worse and then I'm going to have to deal with that later. And we used to get like, uh, we used to talk my buddy's parents and getting cases of surge. Do you remember that? Oh my God. I don't know yes. why. I feel confident saying this because I know they're not going to listen. But I don't know why, in God's name, they ever let us do that. But they would bring home, for just me and him, like a 24 pack of surge. And you guys would just get just, cranked out on sugar and caffeine and stay up it. all night. Just hammer it. And then, yeah. Like, we decided one night it would be a really good idea. Uh, we got those big cherries that had the seeds in them. And we would put, like, five of them in our mouths and eat the cherries till it had the seeds left. And we would chase each other through the house, spitting the seeds as hard as we could at each other. <laughs> we woke up the next day in so much trouble because there were those seeds stuck to the walls everywhere. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, I'm like, well, duh, we were all whacked out on... surge yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just stuck to the wall? Like, well, you whacked us out. What do you expect? <laughs> oh, my God. What was the craziest thing you guys did as a kid? Like, what's the thing you look back and you go, how did I survive that? Oh, good question. Uh, <laughs> me and my cousin used to go snake hunting with 22s out in my grandpa's field. We were, we were probably too young for that. <laughs> uh... <laughs> the so time. The two of you yeah. just meandering through yeah, the just, woods, just each walking. with a loaded gun. Yeah, just walking through the fields, <laughs> just hunting snakes. Uh, <laughs> Did anything bad ever happen? Out no. Of well, I fell in the creek one time, which doesn't sound bad, but it was. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't just like a, a creek. Like it was like a, a, a six foot embankment, and then a creek down at the bottom of that. So it was a heck of a time getting out of there. The gun did not discharge. 
No, I think I, I didn't have it at the time. Maybe I'd set it down or something, but Did it, you it didn't get come a snake? in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what would you then do with the snake? <laughs> Nothing. Leave it. Are you kidding me? I'm not <laughs> touching that. You're out of your mind. <laughs> Just shoot a snake and be like, got one, buddy. Yep. Oh, Let's I, go find yep. another one. He dead. How old do you think you were? Oh, this is elementary school time, so probably 10. Wow. Yeah. I don't even think I'd let my kids go out with a BB gun. <laughs> now, that's because I'm not sure that they're that bright. Yeah, well, that's fair. I've met Connor Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my two kids are probably the most cautious kids. We cannot get them to do really anything. Caroline took up skateboarding recently, and I can't even believe he will do that because he's so cautious. Really? That even ollieing and doing these things. I skateboard all throughout high school. I mean, I broke bones, and it's pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he also chose to be a, a goalkeeper in soccer, yeah. which is brutal yeah I and mean, he just destroyed his arm i saw the season, saw the pictures and he's already X-ray. back in goal so it's like my man it, it is weird that they're both extremely cautious kids that are rule followers but then Kyron lane picks a lot of dangerous things to do mm-hmm. as hobby oh so my uh my parents grew up in this little bitty town in illinois and um a lot of my family still well when we were growing up my family still lived in that area and this little bitty town in Illinois built this monster BMX track, like a legit BMX track. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know if it was ever used at any point <laughs> ever, but it they built it. a federal fund or something. I like, guess. Pass it up, boys. Like a state emergency, like, well, a tornado hit five miles north of town. Or the most Here's... powerful banker was right. like, uh, listen, guys, what this town really needs to draw on tourism right. is a BMX park. And then my McDonald's chain will be more valuable. Well, there's no McDonald's there, so that's definitely not it. There's not even. They no, just got to stop. The plan didn't work. He had right. 17 McDonald's. He had one ready. <laughs> it was in the works. But they, so they built this giant BMX track, and I had this hand-me-down uh, BMX bike that, obviously, I was going to the X Games with. Um, I've seen you perform. I, I 100% so, believe. So that. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I, we we were gonna go ride on it, and. Um, so I went down it, I went up on it, uh, up on this giant hill, and I just took off. And my cousin had gone on it, and he had this, like, huffy 10-speed. So he would go over the hills, but not get any air, right? Because it's a huffy 10-speed. Like, you're not jumping well, anything. Well, he was scared. You so, can get air with anything. <laughs> it's true. <You> get <laughs> air in that Prius if you try hard enough. But, so, yeah, yeah, that's also probably part of it. He did not get air. So I was like, I'm doing this. Like, I'm going for gold. Uh, and so I went for gold and, um, so I went up and, um, came back down and somehow ended up in front of the bike and just <laughs> ate the handlebars and sent one into my gut and just over, end over in. Yeah, it was bad. It was rough. That was also probably pretty dumb, but you live and you learn. So I was watching a skate video with Connor Lane. He was showing me this these skaters that were going around the world, you know, filming all their crazy tricks. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I think it was, it was three dudes that I'd all heard of. Uh, one of them used to have like a show on MTV. What's that kid's name? Rob Deerdeck. Something. No, Ryan. He's a, he was a uh, skateboarder and a snowboarder. Big time MTV personality. Mm, I have no clue. And when Caleb, you- our assistant. Caleb, Google that for us. And uh, oh. when you get those results... Go ahead and send us that uh, that uh, that skater's name. So anyway, I'm watching this thing, and they're going all over these crazy cities and everything, filming this stuff. 
and they come to this one spot, I think it was in Arizona, and it was this tiny little, like, not tiny, but like maybe 40 by 20 concrete pad, and it had a, like a berm on one side, all concrete, and they would jump around. Caleb, thank you for getting that for us. So Caleb says it's Ryan Sheckler. That was definitely the guy I was talking about. Thank you, Caleb, for getting in there and Googling that for us since we're too busy and important to do that. Um, so Ryan Sheckler devises this plan to, <laughs> to jump this gap, which goes over cactuses and everything, off this concrete berm. The gap's probably, I mean, I don't know, off the top of my head, 20 feet or something like that. Sure. And then you land on another concrete pad. Well, there's not enough, there's no ramp or anything like this because it's not a skate park and the concrete pad isn't long enough to get enough speed to be able to jump this berm the distance you need to make it over the cactuses to the other concrete pad. So they devise this thing where they have a bunch of these like cables that you'd like tie things down in your truck, like those bungee cords yeah, yeah. with like a ski handle yeah. and they wrap it around different things and then they would create all this tension and so when they were ready to do the jump, they would grab this cable, the other person would release it, and it would shoot them at like, I don't know, as fast as you need to go to jump that distance in that short amount of time. And I was like, if these skate videos existed when I was 14, I'd be dead. Yep. I would have done something like that without any of the skill, yeah. the knowledge, or the elite athleticism. Mm -hmm. I would, probably would have grabbed that thing, and as soon as they released it, I would have found a rock and just tumbled forward and concussed myself three mm -hmm. times. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if we would have had the smarts, the knowledge, and the YouTube to be able to research how to jump a 20-foot gap with no run it, it's over cactuses? And, and the thing was, too, back when we were that age, like, well, back even when I was that age, no offense. Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> is that an ageism joke? A little bit. Am I aging out? A little bit. Unbelievable. I mean, even when I was like, that was still helmets still weren't cool back then. You know, they're like, not cool now. They're still not cool. I'm still yelling at Connor Lane to put his helmet. Okay, on. okay, good. I just wanted to. I mean, not good, but I mean, no. Okay. I'm so, like, yeah. dude, we didn't know much about brain injuries, right? So they weren't cool, and we were kind of uninformed, right? Kind of like smoking in the '70s. But you're informed. But just like smoking now, if you're smoking, you're choosing to do something unhealthy, right? With all the knowledge, which is fine. But you have the knowledge. Mm -hmm. If you're not wearing a helmet and you're 14, knowing what your brain activity is and the damage that comes from that, and you're choosing not to wear it just on the fact that you don't want to look cool or you're too lazy to put it on, that just means you're not that bright. Right. And oh, by the way, you're a kid and I pay your medical bills, so put it on. Yes. Yeah, so. Well, that and like, dude, I mean, one fall. Yeah. One fall hitting your head the right way. Yep. And you're dead. Like when, when I crashed that scooter, I think we told that story last time. Yeah. But the guy, when I... When I ran in that scooter, I was like, oh, do you want a helmet? And I'm like, I looked at him. I'm like, you kidding me? Of course I want a helmet. Yeah. And I wasn't even planning on crashing. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird thing to but, plan. <laughs> but I was like, of course I want a helmet. I was like, how is it even legal to rent a scooter on an island and not wear a helmet? What, what is happening here? And it's a good thing I wore that thing, too, because other than my arm that was uh, modified in that accident, my head hit second. Yeah. And that helmet, like, I didn't lose consciousness i didn't get a concussion nothing mm -hmm. without that helmet i'm not sure i was leaving that island right 
And it was like literally didn't even cost me anything. It was just a choice of whether I wanted to put it on or not. Mm -hmm. And every time I see someone riding their motorcycle in Illinois or wherever oh, it is that people ride. It's crazy. They, they ride their road bikes without helmets. Like I'm the nerd that wears a helmet when I'm out on my five-mile ride on my road bike. Because mm -hmm. you never know what the hell's going to go wrong. And I'm not that bright as it is. So I can't afford to lose half my brain power. Oh, right. And I mean, there was a... Uh, gosh, this was back... So we, I told you the story last time about my wife and I, we dated, we dated a long time ago for a few years and yep. broke up for a long time and then got back together. When we did it the first time, um, the, there's a farm out in Warrington that my, that her family has access to that we can go ride four wheelers and stuff, or used to be able to ride four wheelers and stuff. And so I went up there and like, I never wore helmets riding four wheelers either or anything like that. Cause duh, like it's not cool. Like you can mess up your hair. And, uh, so thank God this time they're like, no, we wear helmets around here. Like put a helmet on. I go, all right, that's fine, whatever. So I put a helmet on and I follow the one guy up, up this trail and whatever. And he's like, okay, you know, to get up this hill, you're going to have to lean forward and really punch it. Cause it was a super steep hill. And I'm like, oh, fine, I don't know. You know, Did that scare you? Oh yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? Like I'm not like I'm, I'm on a four wheeler like once every seven years. So my confidence is I, not great. If I got to lean forward and punch it, this may be out of my specialty. Yeah, I, not great. <laughs> I'm looking for like a nice gentle rolling hill that I can gun it and pretend like I'm being dangerous for a second. Right. Put me on a gravel road so I can fishtail a little bit like a cool dude. Uh, so I, I did it because, you know, you're not going to back out. I would have backed out. <laughs> well, that's why you're that's why you're smart. And uh I get to the top, and he, and what he fails to tell me is at the top there's like a sharp left turn. Well, I see him do it, and I'm like, oh crap, here comes that left turn. So I lean back a little bit, and I take that left turn. Well, I took it too sharp, and my front tire caught it like a like a, a tree is about I don't know, probably six inches around, and it just stopped that four wheeler. Well, I had been punching it going uphill, and then turn it and caught that tree, and I didn't stop. So the four-wheeler stops and I keep going Oh man! and flew straight like Superman over the top of that four-wheeler. <laughs> and when I came to land, I found a rock oh. and broke that helmet. And had I not been wearing that helmet, I'd have been You're probably dead. Oh yeah. My brain would have been frying like an egg on that thing. It would have been, uh, so, so all of our young, yes. young kids that listen to this, uh, which is 0, 0.0. Both of you. Make sure that you're wearing a helmet. Wear a helmet. I'm going to make Carly and Oliver listen to this so they can hear that story and then they can start to think about that. Yeah. Actually, Oliver is so safe. I'm surprised he doesn't wear a helmet playing basketball. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> that kid would wear his helmet. <laughs> you're going to come to the next game after he listens to this podcast and he's going to be running point and he'll be in a full-on bicycle helmet. Just like, listen, guys, if I die for a ball, I don't want to mess mess up my head hey tbi is real man traumatic brain injury oh thank yeah you. yeah thank no problem sorry <laughs> the look you gave me was like i was like i know i should know what that means but i'm drawing a blank buddy oh so have you been able to keep your workouts up during this paternity <laughs> no not a chance no i haven't honestly uh so my workouts i was doing really good um up until september and that's September is when I tore my calf. You tore your calf? Mm -hmm. I don't think I heard about that. Yep. Um, so I strained it in late August. And I was like, oh, man, that, that feels weird. Like, huh. Like, you know, kind of like when you pull the muscle. And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't like that. So I, I pulled back because I was, 
I was running a lot. I was doing like three to six miles a day and getting in pretty good shape. And, um, it strained on me just out of the blue one day. And, um, and I thought, dang, man, that sucks. So I was like, I'll, I'll stretch for a few days, roll it out. Cause I got one of those foam rollers. Um, I'll roll it out. I'll stretch. I'll drink a ton of water or whatever. And then in a week I'll start to run again a little bit and it'll loosen up. Cause you know, it's middle of summer. It's warm outside running. It'll loose up. I don't know if any of that's true or not, but that's what I was thinking in my head. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem. I don't know if any of that's true. Um, and so, uh, running on it again about a week later and same thing. I didn't even get a quarter mile down the road and that sucker just locked up tight. So of course I thought I have this really good loop that I do at the local community college down in union. And, um, so I'm hobbling back to the car at the community college looking like a 40-year-old broke, 30-year-old broke man. I'm like, gosh, this is so embarrassing. I, I thought these... we asked that creep to stop coming here yeah. and scouting out the 18-year-olds. <laughs> Hobbling past the community college soccer team. <laughs> hey, you guys need a third? You need a third? <laughs> All ready for sub next week. Just give me some time to heal this up. Um, so I was like, oh, shoot. Like, this sucks. So I he- let it heal, let it heal. And uh, then at the end of September, I had a, a class to go to for the garden. And so I was at Fort Leonard Wood for a week. And so I was like, okay, I'll let it heal up until then. And, you know, you're on a very regimented schedule there. And it's, uh, there's no mandatory PT that you have to do in the morning. But I was like, I'll get up early and do my own. That way, you know, whatever, live the army life while you're there. And so I get up one morning and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm just going to do a down and back run. And so I run down, um, a mile and a half out. I'm like, oh, okay, I feel good. And it starts to get a little sore. I'm like, oh, man, mile and a half away. Don't get sore on me now. Like, this is bad timing. So I'm like, okay, I'll just walk a little bit and stre- like stretch it out, do whatever. Hopefully it loosens up a little bit and I can finish the run back. And I slow down to, <laughs> I slow down to stretch out. And like, as I stop from running to walking, you know, like when you're watching the Olympics and those guys are on the, the rings and you see their bicep tear? Yeah, I felt that go across the back of my calf. And I was like... Just slowing down. Just, just finally getting Just running, going from a run to a walk, just stopping. It just, whoop, right across the back. I was like, oh, oh, man. And I had to uh, call a buddy to come pick me up because I couldn't walk the mile and a half back. But I was only two days into this week-long course that I needed to graduate from. So I was like, well, I'll just tie my boot up real tight and hope they don't make us run. Like, hopefully we just What'd walk. you do? Just take some Advil and power through? Yeah. Just had to figure it and out. And how do you heal that out? Well, Rest? so I went, to, uh, I went to the doctor, and um, I didn't get to see my doctor. I had to see somebody else. And uh, the, the individual that I saw, it was a little bit of a misdiagnosis. And they're like, they're like, oh, it's not bad. Um, they're like, if you um, just go back to walking and walk on an incline, you'll be fine. It'll, it'll heal up. You'll be okay. I was like, well, that doesn't sound right, but I, you're the doctor, so what do I know, right? Uh, so I do that. And it's now, so I did that. Uh, the, I went to the doctor the week after um, it happened. So fast forward, it's now mid-November. And I'm like, man, this is... And I, in the meantime, I'm doing, like, different hit exercises and stuff like that, trying just to keep... Like, I can't run. So I'm trying to do other things to keep 
my metabolism not tanking. Like what? Uh, well, hit exercises. So, um, like just high reps, high reps, push ups yeah, and yeah. burpees, and twenty seconds, yeah, yeah, twenty seconds on, ten seconds off for an hour. <laughs> like just anything I can. And that's not messing up your calf. <laughs> Hold that thought. So <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I've done those, dude. That's not easy on any part of you. No. So November comes around and I'm like, man, this is not better. Like it still hurts. And I still like, I, like I'll run up the stairs to go get Jude out of bed. And I'm like, oh gosh, what is, ooh, that didn't feel right. So I make another appointment and this time I get to see my doctor and I tell him like, you know, this feels kind of funny still. And he's like, hmm. And he's reading through my chart and he's like, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with this. Let me, uh, let me send you to ortho. I'm like, why didn't I? go to ortho in the first place don't you aren't you getting your masters in healthcare? yeah well yes but it's not I'm can not, you improve this system from the inside not yet <laughs> come on dude so i i go to ortho and um he's like oh yeah you, you definitely tore it um the uh, rehab for this is uh three to six weeks in a boot you have to completely shut it down no movement whatsoever um you can't flex it at all can't do anything he's like have you been uh, working out on it at all and I was like, oh, yeah, a lot of burpees and calf raises and, uh, you know, a lot of walking up hills and stuff like that. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. The doctor told me to do it. <laughs> he's like, did uh, he's like, did you do anything else? Any other, you know, physical activities? Like, I don't know. I drug a 200-pound deer out of the woods the other day. He's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know, man. You I just didn't kept know living with it, and it was painful, but you just, you Me, just, yeah, just figured it would go away and yeah, you worked through it. Yeah, just figured it was strained or whatever, like they said, and it wasn't. It was torn. So yeah, I've been making it worse for like the last six months, and so did. So got I lived, in the walking boot. Yeah, I lived in a walking boot for a while, which sucked because that was right about the time I was uh, hanging all that drywall and mudding and sanding from your bathroom renovation. Yeah, yeah that was awful. Oh <laughs> man, that boot was so nasty. It was just caked in sweat and drywall, drywall. dust, and oh. basically made its own cast inside the boot. Basically, yeah. I had to take a chisel and just hammer it out every night to get it off. Oh, it was so gross. Hey, babe, smell this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, had to, I had to wash the inside, and, like, every night I would just, like, turn it inside out and leave it hanging over the plastic part just to let it air out. You ever think about just putting it on her pillow? No. Those thoughts never happen to you? I, the couch is not that comfortable. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's happened to me, and that's why I know better. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So when you guys get in a fight... Do you sleep on the couch? No. What do you do? I admit my mistakes. I see my failures and I reassess my life and I make corrections. What do you do? This is, this is a conversation I've, I've had with many people because I always hear that, you know, men sleep on the couch. Yeah, I've never slept on the couch. But when me and Stacy were in a fight, which, I mean, it doesn't really happen anymore, but mm-hmm. we were younger and, you know, we hadn't quite died inside so much that we could just ignore everything you know (laughs) (laughs) back when we were both still full of uh fire and had opinions you know just like yeah she's gonna do her and i'm gonna do me and like we'll come together we'll figure it out that's our current thing is it's like (laughs) i like her for who she is and she accepts me and you know that's good enough for me i'm going for tolerates not accepts, yeah, tolerates. just tolerates. Yeah, she tolerates <laughs> and she likes some things about me and hates others. But it's mm. like, you know, we balance all that out. Now. But back in the day when we would, you know, get into these arguments and get into fights and, you know, I would refuse to leave the bedroom because my theory was if I'm that mad at you, you did something wrong. Why would I be uncomfortable? 
you should go be uncomfortable. So I would just lay down the bed because I, quite honestly, I didn't give a damn if she was laying next to me or not. I just wanted to go to sleep and have a good <laughs> night's sleep so that my next day would be as efficient as it needed to be. So I was like, I'm not going to go lay on the couch. If you're that pissed off, you go sleep on the couch. And I'll tell you a few times she did. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's a way to yeah. do it. Yeah. I was always like, if, if I'm mad, why am I sleeping on the couch? <laughs> now, I get it if, like, I had been caught cheating on her with another well, that's person. Different. Yeah, that's... Then, you know, you'd swallow your medicine, you go to the couch. But if it's like she's mad at you for, like, saying the wrong thing to the wrong person and it blows up into a bigger argument because you're both tired and stressed out, then I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not leaving the comfort of my bed. This is a... If you want to be mad, that's your choice. <laughs> You know, I'm going to get a good night's sleep. So I'll be honest. We've really, we've only had uh, one like big white trash screaming fight. And it was completely my fault. So like 20 minutes later, I was like, yep, that one's on me. I'm sorry about that. That's You're able my to fault. turn around that quick. Well, because I knew. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a part of me that's like, hey, idiot, that was you. So, yeah. She's never done anything to piss you off that bad. You know, even if she has, um, she is, and I'm not just saying this because it's going to be broadcasted. And she's probably listening. She's probably listening right now. She's a beautiful woman. She's awesome. Big fan of her. Yeah. Real neat. Really appreciative. Great Um, mother. No. (laughs) Best friend, some would say. (laughs) I would say. Um, No, like, um, even if she's done stuff to annoy me or really frustrate me, um, she takes what I say very well. Like, so if I bring criticism, she takes it well and then will either make adjustments or tell me why she does things the way she does them. And then, you know, it's one of those things where I have to look at it and say, okay, is there legitimacy to why she does it like this? And if so, then there's a problem with me and I need to realize why am I frustrated by it? Maybe I just need to suck it up and not be such a, a punk about it and move on and figure out something for myself. So you're both analytical people that don't really take things personally. You kind of like things happen, you analyze them and then you figure out how to move on from them instead of getting passionate and angry and pissed I, off. Yeah. Which makes, which Even makes with two young kids and all the frustrations that come early on. Well, so like this past week, past week or two, I will say like, there's been a couple times where we've like snipped at each other right away or over something like something. I don't even remember what it was. It was so cause That's how stupid it was. And I just turned around and I was like, I'm so sorry. So I, you're just taking one for the team repeatedly. Well, when I need to, when yeah. it's my fault. Yeah. You're smart, dude. I will absolutely. I was never that smart. I was like, <laughs> I'm not wrong here. So, you know, uh, we can just play this out. And so me and Stacey would, because she's a little bit hard-headed. We can play and, this out. You're so dumb. Dude, <laughs> so, so here's dumb. what we would do. Here's what we would do. It's hilarious <laughs> looking back on it. Uh, and it's not that far off. Uh, but we would get angry with each other and then just not talk for like a week. What? Yeah. What's the longest you've ever gone without talking to your wife? Uh... I think there was like a 24 hour period because we were in Afghanistan and a soldier died. So they shut out all media, all no, communication. Like not, so. talking you're mad at each other, um, not because of some crazy thing. Not a, not a week, 
maybe a couple hours. Really? Yeah, no way. I think that's how normal people are. Uh, I bet you're more normal than you think. Because, you know, like, me and Stacy, we would do this thing, and we're both introverts, essentially. Mm -hmm. So we we both recuperate with time alone. I love people, and I'm around people all day long. But then when I go home... I kind of want to be left alone mm-hmm. and read a book yeah. and watch a documentary, whatever it is. So I go from these this extrovert personality during the day to recharging at night, and I like both of them. Right. My wife is even more introverted than me. She doesn't. She needs even more time alone. So part of it was I think we would both get so worked up with everyday responsibilities and other people and family responsibilities and you know everything it is that we had to do. And sometimes we would pick a fight with each other just so we wouldn't have to talk to each other for three days. And then there was built in like an extra eight hours of introvert quiet time. Sure. And then eventually, you know, like when you have two kids and several businesses, it becomes too inconvenient not to have a conversation. So Mm -hmm. then you wade into it by like sending a text, like, Hey, are you taking Oliver to basketball tonight? Uh, are you going to be at C's game on Saturday? <laughs> and then like the practicality of everything starts to work itself out and you have to go back and, you know, we wouldn't even ever really discuss it because I'm not sure it was ever really anything. It wasn't something worth broaching no, again it because like it was stupid. Yeah. Burned out, pissed off. Yeah. We're not interested in having this conversation tonight. So mm-hmm. one of us just like said, no, nah, I'm not talking right now. Right. And then that would turn in three to five to seven days. And that would be like... <laughs> You know, I think for both of us, it was a very productive three to five to seven days because it allowed us to kind of, I don't know, there's something simple about going home and just being able to ignore the person sitting there and just go straight to the documentary, reading the book or go for a run or whatever it is. Like you don't even have to make the small talk. You don't have to, you know, go to dinner with the parents. Like you just go home, you do what you're going to do. The other person's mad at you. So they're not going to talk to you. You're mad at them. And like, you know. It allows you to recuperate. I don't think it's healthy, but no. that's how we deal with our personalities and the demands in our lives for the first, I don't know, we've been married for, I think it's 17 years next month. I think, uh, you know, up until the, like the last year or so, when I received a lot of counseling mm-hmm. and I started to figure out all the things that like took me over the edge, uh, that's how we dealt with things. We just wouldn't talk. And my counselor, I remember my counselor being like, well, does it make you angry? Like... Do you want her to approach you and talk to her? I said, no. I said, in fact, I've picked fights with her when I just knew there was like playoffs on and I just didn't want to deal with family obligations for an entire Sunday. <laughs> I said, I'd say why. You know, and it worked. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm sure she's picked fights with me when she just has had it and she wants three days of not hearing my conspiracy theories. So mm. she's just like, today, I'm going to say something to him that I know is going to piss him off, and then we're going to have three days of silence. <laughs> and she's like, well, did, like, how do you guys come out of it? I was like, eventually one of us has to talk about something, yeah. and we just move on. Yeah. It's no big deal. It's not like we have to sit there and address it all, because it was never anything generally real. Yeah. So you don't fight like that. You're a smart man. Well, no, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't advise that. No. <laughs> uh, listen, but you know, there's baseball playoffs and football. It's Sunday. I think I'm going to say something to her about the way she cleaned the bathroom, and then watch her explode. Yeah. And then I can sit here on the couch in the living room, completely undisturbed for like three days. Right. That yeah. was secretly genius. Evil genius. Yeah. Evil genius. I mean, it worked. 
it worked and we're still married. And so I guess it's been fine. But I think it has to be applied to a very specific you personality and her personality. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that you two just happen to be married and it just happens to work between the two of you doesn't oh, mean it should be replicated for anybody else. Well, I'm lucky in that I don't really, I don't really like to be needed. I don't like clingy people. Um, oh, you got the perfect woman then. She needs She's, almost nothing from me. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> like I can, it, I don't know how I would deal with someone that needed me to text them seven times a day and call them. And, <sighs> you know, I needed yeah. to be there doing like, oh, we're going to Target. Will you go with me? No, no, I'm not going to Target with you. <laughs> Why not? Because I don't want to go to Target. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather do anything else. <laughs> I think I'm going to sit here and read this book. <laughs> but I have a lot of friends that do everything with their wives, and it seems to work really well for mm-hmm. both of them. But isn't that amazing how you figure out like kind of what works in your own mm-hmm. marriage? And hopefully you married the right person, because if I was married to someone that needed me to do everything with mm-hmm. them, we wouldn't have lasted two years. Yeah, and that's I think you make a great point there. That's the, the danger of comparison, too. Because you can't look at your situation and then look at my situation and go, well, geez, we're not doing it the same way that Ryan and Nikki are doing it. So we're obviously doing something wrong. I need to try and be more like those two. Because you doing it like we do it would just drive you crazy. And it just oh, would never work. It would drive Stacy crazy, too. Yeah. Like if she was like, we, we had this running joke when we were first married and first had kids that, you know, I would go work all day and then I'd come home and she'd immediately look at me and go, well, I'm going to go to Target. And get some stuff for groceries every night. Mm-hmm. Every night. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Here's your Most of the time, she doesn't come back in with bags. <laughs> <laughs> then half the time, they're scarves or mittens or something. They're At not least food. get a gallon of milk. Uh, <laughs> At least lie to me. So really what this is, is like I've been around these children all day, which I love and I choose to do. But now that you're here, I'm going to avoid people for the next two hours so I can do it again tomorrow. Mama needs a deep breath. <laughs> so had I said... Oh, honey, you know what? You've had a long day with the kids. I think I'm going to go to Target with you and help you. She would have looked at me and said, absolutely not. No. Actually, I can handle this one. (laughs) Because I'm going to Target to call my mom and walk around with an empty cart for two hours away from the rest of you three Van Buskirk boys that are driving me insane (laughs) so that I can function again tomorrow. Right. But... That's Stacy specific. I have a lot of friends that go to Target with their wife every single time, and they seem to both really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Do you go to Target with your wife often? So, we don't go... It's a good question. So, we don't go often, actually. Um, well, lately we don't, because the little one... We don't take the little one out, because it's flu season. We don't want to get her sick. So, we do um, the, uh, like front door pickup thing yep so that's convenient super convenient um but when we do have to go to the store we it depends it depends on what we're going for like if we're just going to get out of the house i'll go with them but a lot of times if it's like i just got to get this one thing I'm like just go then you can handle it you don't need me there so she's good at going and doing she, stuff on her own, and she enjoys oh, it and yeah, she'd probably be annoyed if you went with her half the she's time. super independent yeah she's yeah, she doesn't need me. I'm, I'm a, I'm a second source. At this point. I'm a second source of income. I'm supplemental income at this point. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I'm worried that she knows how much life insurance I have, and I'm slowly being poisoned by the morning coffee. So. But now yeah. that you've given her two children, I, it may be time for you to go. I'm hoping that. So, 
the first one, it would have been convenient with one, right? I'm hoping that the second one was the anchor baby and that I'm now anchored to this earth and that she feels like, well, no, it's just kind of inconvenient if he goes because it's a lot of work now too. So she doesn't get rid of me but now. But she got what she needed from you, which was children. Yes, but children is work. Child was doable, right? See, me, you, ever, you guys ever had that conversation where it's like, well, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, do you think you'd ever remarry? Do you ever had that conversation with her? No. No? Dude, I'm not trying to get pushed into the middle of the road. Oh, dude. So this is a conversation me and Stacy have had many times. Like, yeah, you know, if I got... And I ask her, like, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow and you were single, how, how quickly do you think you would remarry? Like, would it be... I got one waiting in the wings, bro. <laughs> would it be a week? Would it be a month? Would it be yeah. three months? Because I'm get, I, I, my money's on three months tops. Three months tops. <laughs> my wife loves being married. Oh, she she's loves being in love. A great personality. Yeah. Uh, she's easy as hell to get along with. She's beautiful. So someone would be like, "Yeah, I'd, I'd like to wife her up." And so she and she's got put, she's got your money. So yeah, she's gonna have my money plus my life insurance. So and your vote. I've always told her, like you know, I, I highly encourage you to get remarried to a guy named Chip that doesn't have a job but is a great fun dad. Hmm? Chip sounds you know, like a fun he's guy. He's not gonna need a job. You're right. Chip sounds like a fun guy. That's why I was so miserable to be married to because I had a job. Right. This next guy, he's gonna be fantastic. My kids are gonna love him. They're gonna take down all my pictures in the house and be like, Chip always goes out and throws the ball with us. He doesn't stay at work till eight o'clock and then pretend like he's tired. Right. Chip is just here for us and he makes mom so happy. Like mom doesn't have to work anymore because of Chip. And Chip, I'll be you're so up neat. And, down in hell or heaven or wherever, or just in the ground somewhere gone. No, Chip doesn't work. Chip is doing all this because I made it good for him. You're welcome, Chip. Chip is a SOB. You gotta, your mother's not that happy. You got to haunt that condo, man. Oh, dude, you know I am. You got to. You know I am. You're going to be flinging cabinet doors open but, and knocking plates off the, off the counter and stuff. Here's what she always tells me. She goes, I would not remarry because really what I wanted was children. Like, I wanted my boys or my girls. We have been having to have boys. Mm. But she said, she tells me, mm. I've got my family. She's very close with her family. We're very close with them. We do almost everything with them. And now I've got my boys, which is really what I wa always wanted was a family. She goes, so if something happened to you, I'm not sure I'd ever remarry because I have what I wanted anyway. It's a big lie. And I go, <laughs> A, you're lying. <laughs> and B, when are you going to kill me? Because now you've got what you need for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for admitting that. <laughs> I was a sperm donor, is what I've come to find that's what out. It, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, which, you know, I'm okay. I, I, ch I chose the deal. Yeah, yeah. It's been fine. Yeah, it worked. Twice. Here we are. Well, I think, I think I donated some sperm. We still haven't gotten those tests. <laughs> they keep getting lost in the mail. It's the weirdest thing. Here's the next question. If I were to want to test my kids to make sure they were mine, uh -huh. would that be frowned upon? Uh, not if you get a judge to order it. But, like, if you just walked into your wife and you said, listen, I know we've been in love and neither one of us has ever had an affair that we know of. And those kids look a lot like me and they've got all my bad personality takes and you're good ones, so they're clearly ours. But just to be safe, I want to make sure, and, you know, like, I'm a factual guy. I want the facts. I want to know they're 99.99998% mine. Mm -hmm. And I, I told my wife that I'm going to just get these DNA tests. Is that a little bit like trying to get them to sign a prenup? Uh, I would wait until playoffs are on again. 
pick a fight. Yeah, so you can have those uh, quiet days on the couch. And just low-key be like, yeah, you know, I ordered a DNA test for the boys. Well, why would you do that? I'm just going to make sure they're mine. Do the, like the 23 and me thing. I'm doing some work on my trust, and, you know, I just want to yeah. make sure. Hey, just call Did like that go a, over well? Just, dude, it's all in how you frame it. Call like Ancestry or something. Like you're testing their ancestry. I'm going to check them for genetic defects so I can adjust their diet. See? They're not going to be able to eat those Pillsbury cinnamon rolls that come in a tube every morning before school anymore <laughs> because of a genetic disorder. Well, I don't think you need a genetic disorder to know that you shouldn't eat those every morning. I don't know, but okay. I keep telling her she shouldn't eat, they shouldn't eat these things every morning. They keep eating them every morning. And I'm, looking, I'm going, there's like literally petroleum in those things. <laughs> BP makes these. They were made in Wuhan, China. <laughs> hey, did you see the picture of that? Uh, they, apparently they make the surgical masks in Wuhan, China. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one there's one brand that says like human tested to for fit. Oh and... <laughs> no. I don't think I'm buying that one. Oh my <laughs> I'm gonna God. send that one back before I open it. Are you it. that worried about it though? No. It's isn't it like I mean I mean how many people have died? Like, quite a few. So how many is quite a few? So here here's the one thing no, I'm worried no, no. about. Give me another. No no no, I don't I don't know off the top of my head. What are Caleb? Caleb, look it up. Would you check for me how many people have died from the uh, coronavirus real quick and, and then just radio back in the studio and tell me what the number is? Thanks, Caleb. Um, so the thing that I'm worried about is when you compare it to the flu, right? So when you look at – now here I am going to drop some – pay attention because I'm going to drop some healthcare knowledge on you, all right? So <laughs> viruses have what's called like an r not value. So that's basically its rate of transmission – so let's say something has a, an r naught of five. That means that if I have it, I will give it to five more people before I'm either cured or dead, right? So the measles had an r naught of like 15. So super infectious. Um, your, your standard flu has an r naught of, I think it's, just over one it's like 1.1 or 1.2 so fairly infectious this one's a little bit higher it's like three-ish so that's nothing now but hold on (laughs) okay now the uh mortality rate on it too is at like two or three which again so out of 100 people two or three people are gonna die when they get it sounds like nothing right the flu is it 0.1? So we already have, like every year, we, lo- we have like 60,000 people die from the flu. So if you proportion that Aren't out... are just all old people, though? Old people and babies? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It is a lot of old people and babies. We're not old and we're not babies, so what are we worried about? I have babies, first off. Well, <laughs> you won't even take them outside. Well, that's true. That, that is true. <laughs> uh, secondly, I mean, so if you think about it, though... It is, uh, it does uh, affect those they're finding in China, if you believe the Chinese communist government and their, you know, hold on the truth. Uh, it does You're affect... You're saying they may be adjusting the facts? Uh, yeah. Based on their, uh, <laughs> I'm about to get disappeared. Uh, based on their track record with SARS, yeah, I'm going to say they're probably inflating facts uh, or deflating the facts, uh, like Tom Brady's balls. Um, so higher rate of infection or infectious rate, higher rate of mortality than the flu, 
it's already spreading to Iran, Italy. There's cases in Canada now. They had a Sentinel case in Canada, which is kind of scary. Uh, you know, it's it's we had all those people come back from the cruise ship. Not sure why they didn't just stay in quarantine there. It's it has okay, so it has Caleb, all the thank you. Thank you, Caleb. Caleb just got me the facts back. Man, Caleb, okay? Caleb's our young Jamie. I Jay, love it. Caleb is amazing at sourcing facts for us on a dime when we need it. I'm glad he's able to sit here and be highly paid for us. He is okay, so what it says is twenty six hundred and sixty three deaths. So nothing compared to the flu. <laughs> 2,600 versus 60,000. Yeah, but it's, we just discovered it like two months ago. It's still so new yet. But what I would... The, and so, now, all that being said... Is it not just fear-based? All that being said, am I worried about getting it? Not really. Because I was supposed to be worried about Ebola. I was supposed to be worried about swine flu. I was supposed to be worried about SARS, about West Nile, about Zika. I'm supposed to be... I'm wore out, honestly, AIDS. from being a yeah. I'm gonorrhea. Well, that one I'm still kind of worried. About. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm you know I'm like worn out from all these diseases that are supposed to kill all of us. So I'm done with it. But what I am a little like what I am watching is the re- what we've seen with the market. I mean, what is it down now? Eighteen hundred points from yesterday. Hold on. Caleb, can you tell us how long how far the uh, Dow's down today based on this uh, coronavirus outbreak? Because it dropped a thousand points yesterday, I know. So whatever it is down today, I mean, the Chinese people, the economists said yesterday that the Chinese people, who, <laughs> dude, oh no, Caleb just got this back to me. So it was a thousand points yesterday that the Dow was down, eight hundred and eighty points right now. <sighs> Another an additional eight hundred. Yeah. Oh, see, this so is what we're I mean. down almost two thousand. Well, wow. So there's that. Um, and then the thing that gets me too is the, like over in China, we talked about their market. So the Chinese people haven't really gone back to work yet. Um, their auto sales there are down like 93%. I did see that. That's everybody. That's every auto manufacturer's growth market. All of your growth markets are down 93%. Like that's crazy. Where do we get 90% of our finished medications from? China. China. Where does the rest of the world get like 80% of the raw materials they use to make medications? Wouldn't this be a brilliant plan if you wanted to curtail them a little bit to make sure that all that moved outside of China? Yeah, but it doesn't help anything in the realm of affordability. It hurts you long run. Potentially, but I mean, they've also moved a lot of manufacturing to Taiwan and Vietnam. Like that's that's the interesting thing about the global economy is it's true. You know, you you go to one nation that is ridden with poverty, and you know, you say, hey, you can produce everything for us with slave labor, super cheap, no regulations, and then send it to a you know a mature yeah. economy that no longer is okay with polluting everything and destroying its own people. Right. And that's how America was built. That's how every country is built. And then, you know, they do that for a while. And then, you know, people expect more money and better conditions. And you start to worry about your environment as Mm -hmm. your industrial revolution occurs. And so then you send that to the next poorest country that will then take all that manufacturing. And at the same time, all of these multinational corporations 
are trying to set up sourcing and factories in all of these countries so that if something like China happens, so if you're Nike and 90% of your shoes are made in China instead of mm-hmm. 30%, because 30% are made there, 30% are Vietnam, 30% are Thailand, you know, your supply chain screwed. So a lot of these multinational yeah. companies nowadays don't want to have all their manufacturing coming from one country for, you know, populist uprisings, you know, Why coronaviruses, would you? Yeah. all of these things. So there's a part of me that says, although sales are down there, it almost strengthens someone else. It's got to. You know, so there's yeah. there's a part of me that says, although it's insane and utterly not true, if you were to try and cripple a company's country's economy and leadership, their people, what a brilliant thing to do. What a brilliant thing to do. If you had long-term vision to just go... <laughs> And, and, and like, needless to say, you can't care about humanity whatsoever. Right. It has to be completely just a power capitalism, economical, you know, warfare, whatever, all those things that would be. It would not be about people. So it'd be a horrendous people decision. But if you wanted to take the most second most powerful country down, a way, not the worst way to cripple their economy and really distract them. Also, not a bad way to let the that take over the news cycle. When a lot of other things are happening. It's true. Yeah, it's very true. You ever wonder how much of this news that we read nowadays is just literally uh, just smoke and mirrors? Most of it. Just to, so we're not actually talking about real things. Most of it. We're talking about, you know, all these other things that they either happen or are created mm-hmm. in order to get everyone to talk about bullshit instead mm-hmm. of what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. I've would venture to say more than we're comfortable with and things that happen would well i'm getting conspiracy here but (laughs) i would venture to say a lot of things that would disgust us and horrify us to hide things so they could put it on that 24-hour news cycle that's one interesting thing and i you know like as i've actually someone that i know and respect a lot gave me this it was a three-part DVD, and it was about. Was it how, shot in a basement? Hmm? Was it shot in someone's basement? No, but oh, it wasn't good. much better than that. I mean, it was like made, and I think it was made in the '80s. So it was like a series of talks that were compiled into this documentary, like this three-part documentary. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how the German government figured out how to use propaganda in order to sell the war to its own people. Oh yeah, and so. Actually, propaganda, which we now call PR, mm-hmm. was used to get an entire nation to believe something that was sort of true, maybe, mm-hmm. or not true at all, mm-hmm. uh, in order to engage everyone, to unite them, and get them all on the same page, and distract them from why we were actually doing all this stuff. And when all of that happened with Germany, we took all their top propaganda specialists, we had them open up offices in Manhattan, and we renamed it Public Relations, and they started to do that for... Marlboro and Coca-Cola and General Mills and they started to sell and do all of these things based on creating these narratives that we all believe and buy into based Mm -hmm. on what we're told and as that's matured over the years I really start to wonder like every time we really get excited about one issue what's you know what's the how much of it is actually there because they're happy and how much of it is just to distract us from any real issue and how much does the person actually care about it? And well, and who's who's got an interest in it? Or not to say nothing is pure, because I think a lot of pure things are. But I think a lot of the things that we waste our time arguing about 
really is made up bullshit that's just meant to distract us from actually doing anything that matters. Well, so, right. And my point to that is how much uh, the people that are pushing it from the top, how much do they actually care versus how much do they have a long-term goal that they can see manipulating that little pet project into a bigger end state that they just need your little cog in the wheel. And then once they're done with you, they're just going to discard you and not, yep. you'll never hear from them again, but they used you for that, that few days. And you it, were useful. You were a useful pawn for those few days. I've noticed since media is really consolidated, it's like, you know, I used to listen to a lot of sports radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that like they got the same five talking points every day. Yep. Right. And every show, cause I would listen all day while I was mm-hmm. working, making chocolate, whatever. And Every show, no matter the market, talked about the same five things that ESPN or whoever told them to talk about. Mm-hmm. And no one had any original takes. It was the guy that had, you know, disagreed and the guy that agreed. And they all, for 24 hours, they talked about the same five things and they all tried to have their own spin on it. And then you would tune into CNN or Fox News and they're having their talking points and they're talking about the same five things that every other morning show right. from Good Morning America <laughs> to like, you know, it's not yep. even network specific. They all mm-hmm. have the same five talking points and they distract you all day with it. And it dawned on me at a certain point, I'm like, why am I listening to any of this? Yeah. Oh, exactly. This is all made up stuff that's planned to distract me from like anything, I guess. And I guess that's why people love it and they utilize it so much. It's a great distraction yep. from, you know, what's actually happening in your life and what you should actually be thinking about. Have you ever heard the... Um the compilation videos of like uh, local news anchors or news anchors no. all saying they'll take a talking point for a major story, like a political story, and they'll pull news anchors from all over the, the country. And it's, you know, different, not even like a Fox, but like a Fox, a CBS, an NBC, all of it. From local to national, it doesn't matter. Like the they're same, all the same. The same sentence delivered the same way from all over the country to everybody. It's like... You, <laughs> look around you're like you're not this isn't news you're just being force-fed an opinion that you have to have from somebody up above some puppet master who wants you to think a certain way how do you like how do you deal with it shut it off but then where do you get your information from mm, how but, do you translate the world because that's something i struggle with right so like mm-hmm. i i've taken a lot of stuff out of my life and as far as like you know radio and tv Mm -hmm. and you know what i've kind of found myself doing is finding third-party people that are generally not funded by any Mm -hmm. multinational corporation Mm -hmm. or think tank or anything along those lines Mm -hmm. and i follow those media sources generally based on things that i'm interested in whether it's humanity you know the restaurant business uh economics without it coming from cnbc or Mm -hmm. bloomberg you know Mm -hmm. like I find myself following those and I'm reading those stories every day, but then I wonder like, who are they answering to? Like, yeah. how, how do we know what to believe anywhere and what the point of any of it is? Right. So a lot of times I'll listen to, so I listen to both left and right analysis. Like I don't listen to just right or just left or anything like that. Um, but I'll listen to people that have gone out and started their own independent organizations so they're not affiliated with cnn or fox or msnbc or any of them um that way they're not you know they're not beholden to somebody um and then independent organizations that 
go out and cover um, events or, or situations as they arise and then just tell you what's happening as opposed to telling you what you should think about the, if that makes sense. Yep. Like if you read it and there's a lot of adjectives and adverbs and a lot of emotional language, like what? why are you trying to tell me how to feel? Like, why are you, you know, why are you throwing all this in? I don't need to know that. I can, I can make an assessment. Like if you're going to tell me that, uh, who's the, who's the guy from Syria? I don't know. The, the leader of Syria, Bashar, Bashar Assad. If yep. you're going to tell me that Assad, uh, gassed a bunch of kids, I don't need you to tell me that the very bad leader of Syria gassed a bunch of kids. I can probably make that assessment just by knowing that he gassed a bunch of kids. <laughs> well, you know, and, it's stuff you know, like that. It's even along those lines, oftentimes those dictators do a lot of horrible things, but oftentimes I wonder how many of those things were done while on their watch, but done subjectively to make them look bad by other people that are interested in what Syria can offer them. Right? How do you take down a dictator? You, you give reasons based on previous actions. So they're mm -hmm. generally bad people, mm -hmm. which helps you mm -hmm. along those lines. Mm -hmm. They're not innocent people by any means. But then you case. can create some kind of humanitarian crisis, right? Yep. And then you can use that to take them out of power to where you can get to whatever it is that their country's sitting on that you need. If yep. that country is completely invaluable to you, how many times do we invade it? Well, Libya. Why do we do that one? It's regionally important. Kinda, yeah. And, and part of what we're always doing too is making sure that China doesn't get Libya. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> or Israel, you know, whoever yeah. we're going up against, yeah. Turkey, it yeah. doesn't matter. There's regional economics in play of just controlling certain ports, certain pipelines. Yeah certain that's true yeah tactical yeah yeah well it seems like we could really go down a rabbit hole we there. could yeah we could we could be here for <laughs> hours what do you got tonight what do you got the rest of the night what is tonight tuesday uh oh man um i have a bunch of homework to do <laughs> never stops Unbelievable. soon soon brother i'll be done what are we gonna do to celebrate uh go to annual training for the guard <laughs> <laughs> oh, and work for two weeks straight. Um, see tonight, I got to do that. I got an expense report. I got to get done. Um, I got a handful of different administrative things. I got to lay some tile floor tonight. Oh, I got a, I got a bunch of stuff jumping up on me. Wow. Yeah, it I'm never stops. Tears right now. Yeah, well, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can ask me what I'm gonna do. What are you gonna do? He got something at five, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this will be the promotional piece of this podcast. Ooh. If you are a member of Gold's Gym oh. in the St. Charles area, yeah. we are going to be setting up a sampling table and we're going to be sampling beets and bones up there, nice. juice selling, juice broth, wellness shots. And so I've got two, uh, two ladies that are helping me out with that that are phenomenal and are much better looking than me. So I'm gonna go up there and make sure everything's good to go, and then I'm gonna walk directly into the sauna and spend an hour in the sauna. And in the sauna. Go home and take a nap. <laughs> well, hey, at least you go home sweaty. Like, make sure you bring all that money. I'm a little bit sweaty. I'm gonna go take a shower. You guys clean this up. Well, at least you go home sweaty, so it'll look like you worked out. Well, I think I'm gonna swim. I think I think the ultimate plan is I'm gonna swim a mile real quick in the lap pool to get my heart rate up, what and mean, then swim a mile real quick. There's nothing real quick about it's 34 swim minutes. My, yeah. my time. Okay. My that's, goal that's is to get fast. underneath 30. 
It started out at 40. That's that's pretty fast. It's about a for 100 yards split. It's I'm I'm around a, a minute 52. Yeah. So that's pretty quick. But I'd like to be down to about a minute 30, which would take a lot of work, and I have not put that in this winter. <laughs> so shockingly. <laughs> so I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna meet and greet people, hang out, make sure everyone's good to go, and then I'm gonna sit in the sauna, probably with pants on. It's probably for the best. Um, although, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Hey, man, it's your rule. You, and, you uh, own that place. I appreciate you coming in, man. Hey, it's I look a pleasure. Forward to it's always a pleasure. Out with you every time. Yeah. I started a podcast and I've gotten to hang out with you twice in a month. Yeah. And I hadn't seen you for like six months. So, so hey. Really, this podcast is just, doing its job, which is let's making just people keep it come roll. to me <laughs> and hang out with me. Let's keep doing it. All right. Love you, brother. Love you too, man.